Welcome to episode 32 of Hodcast, the official Humans of Dublin podcast. I'm your host, Derek Carter, and it's my job to chat with people from Dublin or living there about their life experiences, their beliefs, and what makes them tick. The aim of the show is to help us understand life from other people's perspective so we can make better, more meaningful connections with the people all around us. Well, it's been a while since the last episode, so I'm sorry to have kept you waiting. I've had a few of my own human things going on, like getting a new job and our son was doing his leaving cert, but also, I've been working very hard on our first ever Hodcast documentary. If you follow the Hodcast Facebook page, you'll already know that Nicole from episode 3 has now undergone her gender reassignment surgery in London. Along with Jamie J. Carr, also a previous guest from episode 10, we've been following her story over the last couple of months so we can share her experience of this major event in her life. So stay tuned over the next few weeks and I'll keep you posted on our progress. Before I introduce today's show, I have to say a special thanks to the generous folks who've helped cover our costs for the documentary so far in particular to Spiritual Ceremonies, who helped us secure our full funding target. You'll hear a little bit more about them in the near future. If you're in a position to help, we'd still really appreciate a couple of bob to help us with expenses and the promotion of the finished product in a few months' time. Or, even if you can't donate, if you could share the link with your friends, that'd be great. It's gofundme.com forward slash hodcast. Okay, on to today's episode. Listening back to our chat, I really felt that today's guest, Farah El Nahum, is the embodiment of the aims of this show. At only 22, her life experience has given her a deep empathy for others and an impressive understanding of both the good and bad aspects of the human experience. Originally born in Libya, Farah moved to Dublin with her parents as the youngest of four children. We talk about how during those first years in Ireland, she often felt like an outsider. She reflects back on how she coped with this and the significant demands of being a teenager, while also coming to terms with her parents' divorce, which saw her father leaving the family and Ireland and returning to Libya. It was at this point that she discovered her passion for music and songwriting. We talk about this for a while too, with Farah giving a really interesting perspective on the importance of music in society and the ways it helps to connect with others. For me, more than anything in this chat, I took away a huge amount of insight from my role as a parent, partly because Farah is young enough to remember her experiences as a child, but it's also because she has an exceptional amount of wisdom that really hit home with me and I think it'll do that to you too. So without any more delay, here's episode 32 of Hodcast with Farah El Nahum. Oh, and her two cats, which you'll hear in the background too. Stick around to the end to hear a sample of Farah's amazing talent. Enjoy. My name is Farah El Nahum, and I am 22, and I live in Northside, Dublin, slash Mead. <laughs> ah, no, you don't if, have to make it fit, because all your, na- your neighbours would give out. To- <laughs> See, you're trying to be nice because it's humans of Dublin. It's totally me. I get to make the rules. I get to make the rules. You're allowed to be on humans of Dublin. And anyway, you grew up in Dublin, so you're good. You're in okay, Leeds and I'm we're in Leeds now. Can I fit in? So, <laughs> so um, yeah, and it's Debbie out here. What are the other stats I'm, then? You told us how old you are. What about your family? I have two brothers and one sister and uh, a ninja of a mom. <laughs> And I have been living here since I was one and a half here in Ireland. Um, I've been only in Mead for 10 years. <laughs> and originally I'm from Libya. And uh, I'm a full-time musician. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just graduated from doing a degree in songwriting there last year. Four year course, yeah. Yeah, Four and year. the whole thing was on songwriting, you said, was it? Or do mm-hmm. you start music and then specialise at the end? Start, it's just songwriting stream. Songwriting. You can pick, there's different streams in the college. It's a modern course, it's the 
Institute of Modern Music. You can choose like songwriting, vocals, guitar, bass, drums, and I chose songwriting. Well, was yeah. that a more recent approach for them? Like, um, I, I know nothing about music. I better quickly say that. Yeah, right? no, so I'm in do. for an education you here so today. Do. Uh, and so, in my head, I would have thought that there was a need to start and just study music full stop, and then maybe do an add-on. So, is that a more recent approach that they're taking because people make their money yeah. in more narrow niches now? Is that it? Totally, totally. Because and it's the whole thing is. It's contemporary modern music, so it's only music in the past hundred years. Okay. So you'd study things, people like the Beatles and like Simon and Garfunkel and all, you know, and sort of just basically music that has been in the mainstream for a hundred years, you know? Yes, gotcha. So commercial then really, yeah, because really, it wouldn't have been um, commercial, commercial if you really. go way, way back, I suppose. Sure, it exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's called commercial modern music is the name of the course. Well... Um, so we'll definitely talk about music for sure yeah, yeah. and so uh, you were saying about the family then two brothers one sister so are you the yeah. youngest then or where I'm the you? baby yeah are you and so we're all between I'm 22 oldest is 30 and how's that then all grown up sort of in a group of the same age more well or less? it's funny because they had their own little group going for ages and then when I was 17 I was like old enough and cool enough to hang out with them before that I was like please let me hang out with you <laughs> and then it took you know obviously they can't have their little sister creeping around when they're doing adult stuff 17 I was old enough to hang out with them but me and my sister always would have been together anyway because um, you know your sister like when you're with your sister you're going to be best friends and um, so we would have we would have I would have tagged along all the time wrecking her head growing up but then obviously she brought me like on my first night out and everything uh. <laughs> That was cool. Yeah, we're it's all good to have a sister like that. Though, like you say, it's got, ah, you know, when you have a sister, I don't know that every collection of sisters are like that. I wonder, yeah. is it the age gap that if you're very, very close, sometimes there's I more often friction? Wonder, yeah. yeah, is that a thing? If you're too, if you're close in age, do you get a bit like back off from each other? Do you yeah, know that kind of way. I don't know. Um, or and then you were saying your mum is a ninja. Like I'll ask you why you call her that, but I wonder as well, is it is it down to the, the parenting there like that you know she kind of just yeah, rages to get on better together Actually, but, but yeah. go on, why, why, there's not many people who call their mum I've never heard that before why'd you call her a ninja oh, she's just a ninja like there's just so much to tell you about my mum like um, I feel like her story is part of my story do you know what I mean right um, and we're very similar as well like if you saw my mum uh, like we, we look very alike as well and our body language is very similar and the way we communicate sometimes um is quite similar now obviously we have our differences as well but um she's just a very strong woman like she's a doctor and she was so like when she was my age she didn't have obviously anywhere near many as many opportunities or anything much like everyone's mom and dad but um just like growing up in libya and being a, a woman probably wasn't um, the most open thing, you know? Mm. Uh, and then also, just how much she stood by us growing up as well. Like, it's so cool because we originally came here with my dad and then about 10 years ago, he basically had enough in terms of... He wasn't really fully integrated into Irish culture um, in the same way that we were. And... Uh, he went back to Libya but married couples don't really get divorced in the Middle East it's mm. it's just not really something that's done 
for her to even follow through with that was very big deal. Gotcha. And I just think she's a ninja because first she did that, right? And she did that and she really persevered and managed um, just for the sake of everyone's happiness and our safety and everything, you know? Like, that was cool. Grand job. Well done. And then, <laughs> very well done. And then she, um, then she went on to be the Minister of Health for Libya after the revolution. Get out of here. Yeah, because um, when the war happened a few years ago, um, well, initially, like, like taking a few steps back from that, right? That's not even like, that's like a big leap of information there, right? Before that, she was one of the writers that was writing about, um, like, what Gaddafi was really doing to the people and kind of exposing the dictatorship and the corruption and one of the first people to speak up which was like which I expect is a, a very risky thing to do isn't it? yeah and it, but you know that whole revolution started online that's how all the Middle East revolutions really started people started speaking up but um, so that was what like that was one thing deadly writer and she used to do that for years yeah and then the revolution happened the war happened and um, she set up a charity for her and my brother set up this charity for Libyan Emergency Aid, Irish Libyan Emergency Aid it was called because the hospitals here were very helpful as well, sending over like stretchers and old mm. ambulances, things they didn't need anymore, you know. So these were things were being sent over to Libya. And after that then she got nominated to be the Minister of Health over there, you know. And then I was in my leave insert when she had to go. So that wasn't exactly easy but it was also a very unique situation to be in so mm. I couldn't really fully be all selfish about it <laughs> yeah yeah because it's, not, it's not a great age to put other people ahead of your, your own needs but I, I guess though but you'd just seen her be a strong personality before that and this was something to be really proud of I guess as well, well isn't it at the time I didn't feel like that at the time yeah. I was like what the hell's going on like you know yeah. um, but obviously you're going to be like that you're 17 you know, you're not gonna be like, you're not gonna understand what's going on. Um, so she had to go then, and she was gone for a year, and like, she left everything here to go and do that, and she worked so hard, and unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Like, she had to come home because there was like three attempts on her, assassination attempts, and she was just like she left a, a, her doctor job here she's been very paid very well here whereas over there it was like charity work you know mm -hmm. and uh, also because she was you know a woman and had this mad history you know she's divorced her husband and she doesn't wear a headscarf you know that she's I don't so she's a total black sheep then <laughs> I, do, I don't think they fully got her right not everyone anyway but now that she's gone I think people really want her back but it's just not safe the country is really screwed now as well unfortunately and mm. um, there's nothing going on uh, like there's no order in Libya there's no you know government there's no police force mm. loads of military just like 
no one wants to get on you have your different types of tribes your different types of islam nobody is together everyone's quite divided when like the funniest part is like everyone just wants the country to work and to be doing well and to be happy and everyone has a positive thing in mind but then it's just like first of all violence is never an answer like violence only ever leads to more violence and then there's that part and then like there's also the fact that like I don't know we can't really fully relate because we don't live in a country with a war but Mm. I can't imagine the trauma that that does to you so I imagine the mental health of all those people living in those circumstances it also makes it very hard for them I reckon to articulate how it feels which probably stops everyone from getting on even more you know yeah yeah and it's very entrenched kind of ways of looking at the world and behaviours and how they think about each other yeah holy god well if all of that doesn't qualify your blessed mother then to be called a ninja then I I, I, I I wasn't expecting quite so much evidence behind that uh, label (laughs) and I'm I'm, I'm loving that I presume is that her uh, beside her is that one of your sisters it is your mum so my sisters oh my god she would love that (laughs) But I like that your degree is in pride of place beside the photo of her holding, I presume, her doctorate or, or whatever. So, yeah. so you are a bit connected then uh, in that kind of way. Your kindred spirits are really like education's yeah. important, driven type women. Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. And then like the kind of thing of just doing what you need to do and ignoring what the other people say sort of thing, you know? Which um, I presume is important as a musician then yourself. Yeah, because you ha- obviously, as much as you don't want to care what other people think, a big party really cares what other people think. <laughs> no one wants to admit that, but it's true. Like, and would you put that as, as 50-50? No. Or is that skewed a bit, a bit no, more one way or the other? If you, like, the more you start to just follow your own thread or like really doing what you feel is right, the more you can't do anything but that. Hmm. You know? But, like, with respect to everything else like you know um but yeah i don't know I so just... kind of finding your style or your way of doing it gives you sort of more strength uh, to stay yeah, strong with that really, approach just, is that what you're saying yeah. yeah but if you really as well just like the things that make you different and stuff because like i understand it it can be really weird when you feel different like I really get that but the funniest thing is everyone is different you can't just be like oh that person's unique that person's unique no everybody is because actually there is not another human person on the planet another human person there's not another human being that is you which is like really cool because <laughs> yeah. there's loads of people on the planet yeah, yeah, yeah. so if that's the case then you might as well like do a full gusto do you know what yeah. I mean my wife I remember years ago jokingly said to me you know I, I could be probably accused by some people of loving myself you know? <laughs> uh, and she said to me joking years ago but she was dead right uh, yes Derek you're special and unique just like everybody else <laughs> yeah. and she was bang at me because we all are so um, do you remember a particular uh, a particular kind of time or event or moment then when that switched for you or that um that became clear to you where yeah I, I, there are things about me that are different but I like those things Um, I think since I was a kid I always felt 
um, sort of, how would you say, not like an outsider, because I think everybody feels like that as well, because there were times where I did, like I always had loads of friends, that's another thing. And uh, apparently I was really popular in school, but I didn't feel like it, you know, looking back on it, I really didn't really enjoy secondary school. The only times in school that I enjoyed were um, fifth and sixth class of primary school, and that was here in that school around the corner oh, that yeah. I drove past. <laughs> that was like the happiest time in school ever. And what was it about that then? I think it was just like, I mean, I was 10 and 11. They're pretty good ages to be, aren't they? <laughs> You're not quite old enough to care about like the big questions of the world, like, but you're yeah. old enough to be given a bit of independence. And I, actually, it was the, my only two years in school ever where I was in mixed school. Okay, so you went to girls' school. After all that. my other years in school, because when I was in school in Lucan before that was girls' school, and then in secondary school it was girls' school as well, and then those two years was like. Make school also our uniform was basically a tracksuit so I was just like cruising in real comfy all the time didn't have to wear a stupid pinafore or anything like yeah, that yeah. I don't get that by the way like we were not allowed to wear trousers really not allowed to wear trousers in any of the girls schools I was in like what is that about but anyway I can't imagine the trousers would have come close to the tracksuit experience anyway, might have been a bit better yeah and I love being comfy like and tell me this then, so you didn't want to use the word outsider then what, like why why, why, because, why did that word not fit for you because I as much as like feeling like an introvert sometimes I am such an extrovert like I'm always with people and and with friends but yeah yeah, I, I guess the word outsider isn't isn't really the wrong word at all. I did always feel a bit like an outsider. And I think it's for a number of reasons, um, probably to do with the fact that I grew up with a different... I grew up with a Muslim background, um, which was cool, but sometimes um, I wouldn't be part of certain things that would happen in school like I wouldn't go to any masses or religion class um sorry religion exams I'd sit in religion class because it was interesting mm. uh but um then like different beliefs and sort of always feeling like I had something else something different to say you know people would be talking about stuff and I always felt like I had another perspective um, and that made me feel like an outsider sometimes mm. because uh, I might have been on the same page as everyone around me. Also, I had seen so many different things um, like that might have been like, let's say when I say that, I mean, you know, like we used to go t to Libya every year uh, and we'd go for like your monthly holiday and yeah. like as in you'd go for a month and. Yeah. Everybody else went to court town. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was cool. Mm. And um, then everything that happened when we went through all that stuff um, with my dad going back and stuff, it was just all a very weird time when everyone else in school seemed to just, all they had to worry about was um, go to school and do your homework and come home but that's not fair to say because I don't know what was going on 
a home for people at school as well you know what I mean yeah I guess yeah. so that's not really the reason why I felt like an outsider in terms of things going on at home I think it was more so what was going on in my head so just feeling like I had another perspective all the time especially as well because I really love you know everyone loves people watching and stuff you know right yeah. so I always felt kind of like I'm always observing and I'd be very aware of certain behaviours and stuff as well. So I, n I didn't take well to bullying or anything like that. And there's obviously a lot of bullies in school. And uh, I wouldn't be into that really. So if there was kind of a lot of bitching going on or anything, mm. it made me very uncomfortable. Mm. Whereas it might have made me cooler to just join in. Um, and then also clicky behaviour. Uh, since I was as young as I can remember I don't know what it is and it's probably the reason why I have a lot of different friends from different types of groups and it's because I never was good at abiding to a clique like or <laughs> sorry that sounded like a musical pun <laughs> you know like <laughs> um, you can go around oh with a metronome so in your pocket like, there's a musical joke does that count <laughs> but I didn't like I didn't like the whole idea of a clique. I remember even when I was in Lucan in primary school, every day at lunch, and it was just like fun for the girls. I think it was drama for them. But every day there would be fights over who's your best friend. And I used to get really stressed out by it. And On their behalf? Like, like, it, like, because I would be caught up in it as well. Oh, yeah, I'd be okay. like, no, like today, Laura's my best friend and Farah's like Amy's best friend and you know this silly carry on I know it's only kid stuff but it used to stress me out like because you should just be able to go to school and just have a nice fun day and yeah. that's it you know because yeah. you're a kid and then especially because when you sometimes when you come home it's not like you come home and it's the most chilled out environment you know yeah um, it was a little bit tense sometimes for me coming home because I, I wanted school to feel like a break away from it but sometimes it wasn't like especially because then when I went on to secondary school it was quite a strict school I had stuff going on at home mm. the tension in my house was interesting to say the least because it was a culture clash basically gotcha and so even aside from your dad kind of deciding to go back to Libya while he was trying his best here it was kind of stressful yeah it was just a clash, exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and it was just all very overwhelming for me at the time mm. I think but that's just because when you're a teenager you're nuts anyway <laughs> you know you've so much going on in your head yeah, there is and no hard. normal day like in yeah. you know, just different challenges and as, a, as an adult now like yeah and granted a young adult like but as, as a, an adult now looking back like how do you view those things I would look back now and be like, okay, fair play to, first of all, every teenager ever nowadays because they have, like, this thing with their phones now, which is, like, people always trying to contact you and stuff. Yeah. That's stressful. But um, for terms of me, like, looking back then, it makes sense to me now why I might have felt like an outsider or why I was a little, you know, why I felt a little bit weird or anything. I always felt like I was a bit of a weirdo as well. Like, I always thought people thought I was a bit of a weirdo you know but at the same time they didn't because I was everyone's mate and I was like this loud 
class clown you know I was always the entertainer but I think that's something I did to distract away from maybe sometimes you know not wanting to laugh or wanting to not talk to anyone you know I felt like it was a good way to sort of distract you know but at the same time I I'm always cracking jokes like do you know what I mean like yeah. I'm all like it's in my character to be like that but it's... I'm, I'm reading a book at the moment uh, John Cleese the actor you know from Faulty Terrors Ooh. and Monty Python sketches and all of that and he he was describing how he's very much an introvert and that people are often confused as to why introverted people go into acting or uh, singing or music or things like that because it's very much on show and in front of people yeah. and he was saying actually for him as an introvert it was a lot easier to play the part of somebody yeah. in front of everybody else uh, he's not sort of exposing or being himself ah, to other people that's Do you know interesting that so he wasn't sort of uh, being very open and showing himself he was playing a part in front of a crowd <laughs> see the funniest thing though for me though is that I was never afraid to like oh jeez like I'd, if I was upset I'd, I'm like if I need to cry I'll have a cry <laughs> like so many people know that my friends will just laugh about it like oh here comes Farrah's waterworks like <laughs> do you know what I mean like that's grand and that's kind of like I, I actually really think to be honest I really think it's important to show your vulnerability vulnerability and honestly I think that's important because first of all it makes people be able to relate to each other at a more humane level and why should I have to hide my emotions especially because I chances are you know the person next to me feels the same or something like like so I wasn't exactly I I I I don't like the idea of hiding. I don't like the idea of of pretending, and I don't like the idea of ignorance is bliss. I, I those are three things I just don't believe in at all. So if I'm upset and it's really distracting me from the conversation, I'm just gonna be like listen I'm actually having a really bad day I've got all this stuff going on and I just kind of don't want to be here right now and like <laughs> that's cool you know what I mean yeah. I think people appreciate that and it's that just... takes a confidence as well doesn't it yeah I don't know but I've always had a bit of confidence and I think that's to do with my mum and she mm. I think it's also because I was never told to be another way by her and I think it's very important what your mum says to you as a daughter as well. Like, for example, um, and I know this is very small, but I think it's actually very important for, for women to know. Um, but she always used to say to me, I was never allowed to wear makeup growing up, okay? And that was for, you know, a couple of reasons, culture region, reasons. And also because she just really wanted to stress the fact to me that, you know, everyone is at their most beautiful when they're completely natural you know and she's like you are completely beautiful without having to do anything to it so don't alter how you look and I just like used to drive me mental because I'm like oh mom like I just want to try the new like dream matte mousse foundation <laughs> everyone has it it's so embarrassing that I don't you know it's such an old phobia God, you're so Just because that's what your mom made you do, <laughs> you know. But then I grew up and I realized she's like, that's really sound. And 
everyone should know that and feel like that especially because you're told to look a certain way a lot I think for girls they uh, are definitely told and the pressure of other girls around you having all these skillage like mm. makeup and stuff mm. You know. But it's kind of a message of okayness, yeah, I think, isn't it? Exactly. You're okay as you are. Yeah, and that's Or it's really okay good. to be different, or it's okay to be you. Exactly, yeah. And that's really, really good to to have, to be told. Um, especially because when you're a teenager, you're going through all your awkward phase and you feel so like, oh, kind of, I you you really just want to fit in. But at the same time, you ha- you are you have this individuality about you that's roaring to get out this angst and luckily for me I went in the direction of having the confidence to embrace that individuality like I went through the weirdest phase in in secondary school like I full-on believed I was like a hard mod skinhead girl in the 80s that was not the 80s sorry no I was actually I read up on it so much that the reason why I feel the need to say not the 80s is because they weren't the real ones yeah exactly they were full mods. It was the 60s, okay? And that was when it was all about, Vespas. like, black and white union and Vespas and Lambrettas and all the people coming together because of music, right? And so the 80s were just ripping that off, like... every item of clothing you can imagine, like, antique stores. Yeah, the 80s was when it got a little bit messy and nasty yeah. and things went a political direction <laughs> so I follow there can't believe. be in too many people then in, in, your, in your school in Lucan then if that's where you were at the time <laughs> so that's when I was in school in Balbriggan right With the who badge on <laughs> your backpack no, probably real. Yeah. I did yeah, yeah. Okay. the who I had a parka that I made a huge patch for the back of it and everyone thought I was absolutely gas but I had so that so was your many... version of others it's an emo or yeah or, exactly know, yeah, 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 or totally. a rocker or a goth or whatever yeah exactly but I, I, I like what you're saying about this kind of drive to just be yourself and like let that yeah you, you described it as like a roaring need to kind of be yourself and indi- be individual so I'm almost out the other side with our first child being a teenager he's going to be 18 in September oh uh, but he's a boy and next up is two girls and one of them is on, on the doorstep of teenagehood yeah. like help me Farah like what's the what's the golden rule or two sorry the look has, of fear that in has eyes. turned you <laughs> yeah, like SOS uh, and this is preempting it I'm not I'm not in you know having difficulty yet okay. but like uh, I've got the benefit of asking you who has turned out as a confident strong young woman thank you like, how did you end up there and what can I definitely do or not do to help get there? I love the message of your mum repeatedly telling you, you are okay as you are. Yeah. Because I think sometimes That's teenagers learn drill. a way of pushing you, pushing you, pushing you. But actually they're hiding the message of saying, please accept me. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's basically because they're so under so much pressure around all their other peers. And now we are dealing with this whole thing of social media. Um, like I think the teenagers nowadays need seriously to be admired for how they're handling that because or not even handling it they need help with how to handle it they actually need help with how to handle it but they need to be admired for how they are just getting on with it and how it's a part of everything because it does make your brain go a bit mental and there is definitely ways to not let that happen actually 
but because everyone around them is like you know it basically gives more access to bullying and stuff like that which happens mm. to everyone growing up but you know you need a break away from it so anyway advice for teenage girls or teenagers in general yeah a bit of advice for, for me as for the parent of a couple a and maybe then for, for uh, Amy and Nia then as they listen to it and anybody else who might listen to it definitely stress to them that they are beautiful as they are and like very much so even to your son um, now he's going to be like dad shut up I'm scared but like tell him that honestly his emotions as well are just as important as the next person's because I think for men they have been sort of told they're not allowed to be emotional for their lives and then girls have always been made take a back seat for their lives so there needs to be a point where they just meet and there's like a common ground and an understanding. And I think that's when equality can be achieved, when there's a, actually a common ground and an understanding between both. So then if you're trying to raise teenagers and you want them to come out confident and happy, um, they need life experience and they need to know that they can rely on you if they really need you when they get really, really tangled up in all the madness and the upset and, and the, the freaky deakiness that comes with being a teenager, you know? Because there's obviously so many things they're not going to tell you. <laughs> but then, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> but then if someone says something to them that's really shitty that someone says to them in school, they should be able to come to you and say, this person said this and I don't know why, but it's making me feel really, really upset. <laughs> you know, and you, because you're wiser and you're older, you'll know why someone has said something that's mm. triggered that. Or you'll know why, why, you know, and I suppose it's really important to let them know that sometimes other people act in ways that aren't good because it's a reflection of their own stuff their own mm. badness their own unhappiness mm. and like for me I think learning that and I found it so like revelation like when I heard it like oh my god that like other people's energy doesn't actually have to affect your own which is like actually very important yeah very important to know and that we all really do get affected by other people's energy of course but you there's a certain amount that you can allow that to happen and yeah you can acknowledge it acknowledge someone else's you know actions or behaviors but you don't have to let it you know, at the mercy of them yeah you don't have to take it in I think um, a lot of the time in my day job I work with people and coach them and stuff like that and one of the biggest epiphanies that they have is, is actually the, the notion that they have a choice of how to turn up or, yeah. or um, how to react or what mood they're in because we're not sort of puppets on a string it's yeah. very powerful like, and I can even see the way you were describing it like you were getting emotional kind of saying like yeah it's powerful it really means something um, yeah. to take ownership of your own kind of behaviour and yeah you can absolutely because then you can take pride in how you've reacted and if you take ownership 
and take full responsibility for the things that you say or how you articulate yourself or how you react then you can look back and be like I'm really glad I'd said that like that or I did that like that or something mm. you know um, but you know you also have to just really love yourself in order to do any of that because then you know that you're you know you have to really un, like you really have to believe that believe in yourself like mm. and you have to really believe that you're worthy of of being happy and you deserve to be happy just as much like everyone on the planet has equal right to be happy everyone so you know and then when we have such amazing lives and opportunities and like the fact that we can sit here relax and have a chat and a cup of tea and that's fine like uh there's so many people who don't have that so we have to also just appreciate what, what we have and be grateful for that and because of that use those resources to make it maybe easier for people who don't have those things or to make a positive difference you know you can also just educate other people by just chatting with them like i think it's so funny for example like something needs to be said for the taxi drivers <laughs> okay like they meet so many people every day <laughs> okay and like you'd be chatting away like but i met one taxi driver last week and he was from pakistan and he was fasting um for ramadan mm. and we used to fast for ramadan and I I just said to him, oh, you're fasting? Because I said to him, are you working all night? He was like, I'll probably take a break at 10. I was like, are you breaking your fast kind of thing? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I am. And oh, was he shocked that you yeah, he understood that? Like, he that wouldn't be used to that. that level of insight, I suppose, in Ireland, would he? Yeah. But that's another thing. Do you know what I mean? That's an insight, but that's an understanding of another person. So you might as well really educate yourself on other people's lives and really try your best... I think the main thing I struggled with growing up remember I said I felt like an outsider mm. or I had a different perspective was because I felt like no one could see things from my perspective now nobody really can fully do that of course but I think it's important for people to try and do that yeah, for one another they can overlap with your experience yeah. to an extent like can't they yeah so when anyway so I well, he was delighted that I knew this and everything but um eventually anyway he really just starts opening up and talking about everything then I was like why'd you come here and he's like basically the whole thing of being in Pakistan for him was too hard because he couldn't do whatever he wanted he couldn't just live a life that is like culture clash free basically mm. he had to leave and go somewhere else because he didn't want to do what everybody else was doing I'm sure they I'm sure his family had plans of him getting married mm. and doing the things that he should do or whatever but the reality of it is it's the 21st century now and everyone wants to just find their own place um it's easier for him to do that here then yeah yeah and mm. i just thought it was really interesting to talk about that because he felt like he he sort of said at the end he was like he said something like uh oh uh most people just get in the taxi and they don't know what to say to me and i know it's because it's I'm I'm from somewhere else and they don't understand what's going on in my life. We've both had different lives. So it's just small talk and I don't ever feel understood. And I was just like oh my god, like <laughs> I was like, dude, like I, I just I I got that. But then I was like 
so many people feel like that mm. you know so many people feel like that and that maybe his differences were maybe more obvious or more pronounced yeah, in some ways just, but it doesn't stop other people feeling that yeah if people just knew if people just knew more and and kind of opened their minds a bit i think it would there would probably be more of a togetherness everywhere you know mm. and i do really i i say this all the time i really do think that culture clash is one of basically i really honestly believe it's the reason for like every problem in the world from wars to inside your own home like even talking about like for ireland except for example you know let's say the whole thing of catholic versus protestant and um you know let's say even culture and like now no, we're not even talking about country culture now let's say drinking culture mm. um is like you know that could be a, a huge reason for something that could crappy that could happen between your friends or something or yeah. falling out Do you know what well, i mean when you've any group like who has a set of beliefs of how things should yeah. be done or that the way they like things to be done and then somebody else has, has the opposite or, or different exactly exactly I think what I'm getting from you anyways is huge levels of empathy that you're able to empathise with something from the other person's perspective and then that's what brings the connection Uh, tell us then do you think that music like if we talk about music for a while uh, from from your side of things (laughs) yeah 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 do you feel it's kind of chicken and egg I was going to say do you feel like having that empathy makes you a better musician or is it that you being a musician for for a long time helps you be more empathetic? I don't, does it kind of give you some ability to tune into other people and their emotions more than other people? Uh, That's the most convoluted way. No, of actually, to you get said from that asking. really well, and I think both are very applicable because I definitely think that like the empathy helps with the lyric writing, um, because I'm constantly sort of inspired by um the people around me. Um, my family being the main inspiration throughout my whole uh, life and uh, my whole life so far I'm only 22 <laughs> <laughs> One fifth of uh, I'm going stuff, on like 20%. I'm 90 <laughs> and uh, yeah so um, that definitely helps with lyric writing right mm. and really learning to articulate um, but like I can't take full credit for learning to articulate here I went to an amazing life coach for about eight months uh psychotherapist life coach um what else was she trained in she was trained in this type of psychotherapy called logosynthesis Mm. which is all about change through the power of words and how worlds words hold great like basically that the power of words is incalculable like they really affect us and they have huge energy in them right so it's all about articulating your feelings and what more would I need to do than learn how to articulate my feelings more mm. because there's so much going on in there that when you learn how to really sort of talk about it, it makes you feel like, yeah, the answers are there and that's fine actually. And it makes you, um, say for lyric writing, I suppose, uh, I fully then have accepted that it's actually really important to be really honest uh, in anything I say and productive and I think that the reason why I say productive as well is because 
I really want to bring people together with music. Um, so when I write lyrics, I don't want them to be one-sided or ambiguous or about nothing. I need them to be about something that's going to try make a difference and actually really make people relate to each other, no matter where they're from or no matter where your what your home background is, if your family life is easy or not, it's really just about understanding that there's a really lighthearted way that's really easy to accept and it's actually totally okay and normal and doesn't have to be so heavy and it's actually all grand. You know, because the reason why I feel like, oh my God, yeah, let's talk about the music now, is because I feel like you could talk and talk and talk about these things and people, first of all, a lot of the time don't like talking about their feelings or talking about really real things because I think they feel the weight of it all and sometimes I think people get upset because they feel like they can't do a whole lot about everything. But mm. actually, you really can. And even just raising your, like, educating yourself or being more aware is already part of making things that better that's going to send ripples out yeah that will have an impact yeah. totally and then the reason why i'm like okay so instead of talking about everything let's you know if it's done through music that's like such a healthy cool normal chilled out easy way to absorb that information i think it's accessible for for a, a wider audience yeah. of people that it doesn't feel like a, a big academic debate or whatever exactly. but I can listen to a good song exactly. like even something simple like if you go back years ago the Black Eyed Peas released Where Is The Love like that's just a pop song and everything that's a great but actually it's a good message you yeah. know wasn't it it was it really was and people listen to it and they sing the words back and the words they're singing are really important so I wonder even subliminally then is, is it a vehicle for getting that message in like going back to your logo synthesis yeah. thing I, I, I wish I could remember what podcast I heard this on and I could give them credit but yeah. I heard recently they were talking about you know writing things down like that even being able to write language no matter what language you're writing in but writing language on a page is so powerful like it's, it's yeah. symbols that we as humans extract meaning from and they said, well, think about it. You're spelling the stuff on the page. You're casting yeah. a spell. So it really is like magic. So when you were talking about the logo uh, synthesis stuff, it made me think of that, that. Yeah. Yeah, the words kind of have magic. So They do. Is that the aspect of your music that you enjoy the most? The lyrics or is it the music? I really do love writing lyrics. But then when you're playing, like for me, I play the piano. So when I'm playing the piano, I feel like I'm painting. I feel like I'm painting a picture. And then the lyrics is like, I love writing you know so it's like a, to me it's like a blend of two arts that I love and it's very fulfilling for me to do that and I don't do it for other people as much as it might seem like that now originally I started as a thing for myself and because I needed I was very it's very therapeutic you know mm. and you're 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 actually one of the deadliest things about it is you're just like trying to before anything, before I went to learn how to really, you know, handle all these energies or whatever, or 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 um or accept that I was no longer a kid anymore, you know. After before I went to my amazing life coach, uh, I used to just write and write. Like I started when I was twelve. Mm. I started writing when my dad left, to be honest. So uh, that was awesome because I was trying to tell myself something without realizing it i was writing all these lyrics i was playing all this music and it was just like 
doing that for me, doing that to to try and get a grasp of whatever was going on in my head. And then you look back on the lyrics and you're like, I have that huge box of lyrics over there is full, that footresty looking yeah. thing. Um, full of lyrics like since I was 12. It's so important to you to keep all of that as a physical. Yeah, because I can like look through them if I need it anything but it's so funny now because when I look back I'm like geez that's so obvious what I was talking about there <laughs> but back then it might not have seemed obvious to me at I all I thought you were weaving magic around it like that it was a <laughs> they'll I never was... get the real <laughs> sentiments here it's just a song they'll never but I'll know, know. <laughs> but that's how you begin on like any craft isn't yeah, it you know exactly yeah you don't you, you don't yeah anything creative I don't think people should ever see it as doing if you, you should always view it as something that you do positive for yourself like what you were talking about there with the whole pen and paper thing I just think it's especially nowadays because everything is touch screen and everything is buttons like we can't really I don't think it would be I think it would be very very sad to lose touch with that physical relationship with a pen and a paper and not for exams not for the sake of studying for the sake of just doing it because God, we're actually so lucky to even be able to read and write as well. You know what I mean? There's a lot of talk these days about journaling and stuff as well, isn't there? Oh, that, that there's a power so in good. writing things in and committing it to paper. Yeah, for real. You sleep better. I'm not even joking. You sleep better if you keep a diary. And it's really nice as well because you start writing. I was just talking about this with Katrin. She's one of my best friends and she's also my backing vocalist in my band I was talking about this with her yesterday about writing things down and she started keeping a diary and we were talking about how it feels like your uh, hand isn't fast enough oh yeah to notate what you're trying to say but because of that you slow down a bit and you really articulate it you know so you you don't even need you know you don't if you can do this for yourself it's really really self reflective and which is very important because if you want to remain honest and authentic and true to yourself you have to reflect on yourself Mm. and if you're gonna write in a journal that's really good for you actually to do Mm. um and it's only because you learn more about yourself then and it's not for anyone else it's just for you and there's so many things we do with our, that are never for us you know we all we all kind of have tendencies to look after their people and to do this and you know to work a job that helps someone else out but then sometimes you find yourself stopping and thinking like what have I done for me mm. and that's one thing that's really beneficial and really powerful and strong to do for yourself there's another aspect of the music and, and we mentioned this briefly inside and I said I'd bring it up and it was the idea of play you know like yeah. uh, that has has grown up it's one kind of thing that we forget and leave behind is that does music help you to access that sort of idea of play absolutely because everyone is right you're the same person you were when you were four right <laughs> so why would you be a jerk to that four year old do you know what I mean <laughs> like let them play <laughs> and do you find then is it like a muscle you know are you able to just like play and I don't mean like play an mm. instrument as in switch into playing mode being playful at the drop of a hat or do you find you have to kind of ease into it and does music help you to get there quicker and I'm just interested just like in your instrument. take on playfulness because I definitely do think as adults 
uh, no and ah, I'm not into that or I wouldn't enjoy that it's kind of our first place to go I don't know I don't know why that is because I know there's like this huge part of anyone who says anything like that that's dying to just get silly that actually if you kept needling them and pushing them into the corner they'd eventually go oh okay I'd yeah. love to and then you'll see a little part of their face light up like you right. know it's um, like the have, have you eaten no 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 I'm fine no what will you have oh, no no I'm grand will you eat one of these cakes okay I will <laughs> exactly so I'd say yeah I suppose when it comes to playing like you, no you can't think it's, I think actually yeah if you think about it more that's that makes it worse like you can't think about it that much it's like just let yourself do it what's a big deal you know just do you break think are we wall. as adults are we afraid of looking stupid is that what's in the way like yeah, that yeah it is but why be afraid of looking stupid who in fact if anyone is gonna think you look stupid or call you stupid that says so much more about that person than it does about you if someone actually has the nerve to be that much of a jerk then you don't even need them anyway like you, know, you don't need their opinion so what i'm gonna go and have yeah. the crack see you later yeah, yeah, yeah. you can look here and not have the crack <laughs> you know what i mean like Are the people that you look to then like i think possibly an impossible question would be for me to ask you what's your favorite song or who's your favorite artist or, or lyricist or composer or whatever if you have answers to those great that'd be interesting but what i was going to say is are there people that you look to as real exemplars of yeah they've got that playfulness they've got that ability to capture the lyrics do you know the people who you look to uh, yeah actually that uh, are leading the way for that yeah that are leading the way that's actually so good you're so right because just recently I have discovered someone who I love like I think she is amazing I think she is one of the voices of our generation her name is or like her stage name is No Name okay and she's like she recently did this I found it on a tiny desk concert they're like these YouTube videos of live concerts that oh my god dreams of playing one someday but <laughs> but uh, she is just like so honest and there's a real playfulness about her um, but the things she's saying are so important and they're really 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 true and it's just about everything that's going on around her and she's from Chicago and uh, like this you know she speaks about her dreams and she speaks about how her granny was a slave and sometimes she wonders was her like one of the lyrics is like was my granny a slave for this and sort of talking about the crime in her area and how her essentially her hood what she says is like basically just addiction has taken over and everything and these are all things we can relate to as well you know just which is amazing because this is like one voice of so many mm. and I think she's paving the way for that now I don't know how famous she is I reckon she's famous enough I actually think she's really famous like I I'd say more so in the states but I think Oh, I just think she's amazing. But the fame isn't your measure of how much attention you should pay no, to her. No, not at like, all. Exactly. You, how would you then define success for yourself? Uh, I definitely don't want to be a pop star. That is not my idea of success. So for me, it would be more so um, making a difference to a lot of people, either their lives or actually their minds and and opening people's minds and sort of just kind of spreading a positive message and 
also like giving people that sense of okayness like I think the reason well I know we've we've chatted about it a little bit but like I think the reason why people are so afraid to sort of let out that vulnerability or anything is because they're really scared of like if it'll take them to a dark place that they'll never come from it's like it doesn't have to be like that it's just normal it's okay like you know and I think that's that positive message I'd love to be able to spread mm. um so success for me would be would be doing that would be would be helping and, and spreading a positive message and making a difference to the world because I think the world really needs it right now as well. And doing it through something like music is just like the only way for me to do it because I just love music so much and I just think it's so powerful. And I don't think people even know how much of a role it has played in their lives. Like it just like, it does so much for you. Like you've no idea, like it's there for you as well and that's the that's the coolest thing as well mm. it's there for you like a friend and it gets you more than other people do sometimes and I think you know how people are like doing the whole vegan thing and like <laughs> being really particular about their food and wanting to eat well and stuff mm. I think if people were like that with music as well like do you know what I mean like just like be selective being choose selective, what they put into their ears yeah. choose what they put into their ears don't let all, any old crap in <laughs> You know, like letting meaningless, badly written pop songs be your only, be your only fix isn't actually good for you. Like, yeah, I know it's like everyone drinking needs. Cans of Coke all day, like, yeah, yeah, it's like drinking cans of Coke all the time, ever, yeah. never, ever drinking yeah, and, anything else. You know, yeah, and I get, I, do you I know what I mean? That. Which yeah, is and I don't to think. Do sometimes. Yeah, I was gonna say, and I don't think you're being snobby about no, that no, either. No, no. It's not that oh, that's pure crap. No, 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 no. I'm, a, I'm a proper musician. It's like, yeah, I get what you mean. Be. Uh, we like, all cure, need our guilty curate. pleasure fixes. Sometimes. Yeah, but but that there's so much good stuff that if you're not accessing that and benefiting and allowing yourself to be yeah. nourished by it. Are there songs? I got the feeling that when you were exactly. talking there, and you were doing a, a, a Farah a welling up thing, like that your mates would laugh at. <laughs> but I got the feeling that while you were talking about, you know, how music is always there for you and it is like a friend and stuff. Are, are there a couple of songs oh, yeah. that you feel, God, they really go to a, a, a sort of a very resonant place in my brain? Yeah. Oh my God, loads. Definitely. Well, don't give me the full list, but what the full the first couple that come to mind the first couple I see I always do this in chronological order because okay. <laughs> when I was I remember so you go back to the first one that you can yeah, remember kind and of that thing. was Moby oh, this is interesting yeah, yeah. oh Moby go it on it Natural yeah. Blues by Moby right you know the one's like ooh lordy now trouble so hard yes so that was the first one that hit me how come because the lyrics were amazing and it sounded so sad and that was the first time I remember being really sad and feeling like this song was the only thing that understood and I just thought that was so cool I was like oh my god deadly I'm all right actually this is grand because like this is here you know yeah. this is beautiful so you would you would have been young at that stage uh, so I was 12 and I heard Natural Blues by Moby and I was which like, is a good age for music oh, actually isn't it at yeah. 12 you're starting to seek out music oh yeah and, and you got that angst you know <laughs> so you get obsessed I need something that speaks to me <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that oh, was my mom's not cool enough to talk to, so I gotta get obsessed with. You know, like listen to Moby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, so Moby was one of the first, and then I was obsessed with the uh, System of a Town actually uh, for years, and I still think they're awesome. Yeah. No, I don't listen to them anymore, but 
I stand by the fact they're unbelievable. And then Tool, uh, another one. I know that's heavy, but then at the same time as listening to that, I got, remember my mod phase I was telling yeah. you about? Oh my God, ska and reggae oh, was just like, I just love ska and reggae. Like I got so, like so mad about it now. Not like new ska, I'm talking like... <laughs> Talking like old school, like Desmond Decker in the Aces, right. like Toots and the Maytals. I was obsessed. I've got some friends now who would definitely <laughs> recognise all those. What I'll do, what I'll do is I'll get a few songs. I'll get you to email me a few links afterwards. Yeah, and uh, I'll I'll enjoy that. Another person you should check out who I was very obsessed with, and I actually still always listen to him, Lupe Fiasco. Oh yeah, everything he raps about is ultimate truth, and then unbelievably catchy and so good yeah I only know his name from being with Kanye touch the sky oh no they're not really a thing <laughs> his own brilliant show. reaction oh god Derek <laughs> we were getting on so well no you're you right though I get that but there's more than that do you know what I mean yeah. it's just because when it comes to radio they don't want to put him rapping about his heavy stuff, stuff you know okay. but it's not even heavy it's just so good like it's just so cool And right we'll make sure he's on the list then yeah. for, for our education list uh, afterwards I wrote an essay about his album for college in college yeah you had to pick um you had to pick an album and do like an analytical perspective on it applied to philosophical theories yeah. and uh, I chose his album The Cool Lupe Fiasco's album The Cool it's a really great album it's about like you know what it is to be cool and like it's then you know he talks about everything underneath that and it's got a great story behind it so the whole album kind of stitches that together like from yeah. song to song to song and the title I, I my title was uh my title was Society's Emotional Response to Hyper-Reality. And that's to do with all our, you know, everything, that all the technologies and yeah. all the hyper-reality and how that affects our emotions, right? Uh, because we're not robots, like, and <laughs> we're just not. <laughs> and uh, I tweeted him saying I uh, wrote this 4,000 word essay and this was the title. And he totally tweeted me back. Brilliant. Follows me on Twitter now because he wanted me to send it to him. <laughs> I sent it to him. Obviously, he didn't write back and I couldn't keep my cool. Pretty much told him I loved him. <laughs> but like... But that was your chance. Oh my God. You couldn't have that chance and not so tell him. I you really hope he's read it. It looks to me like you're you're kind of half mortal but half delighted. Not even mortal, well. yeah, half mortal, half delighted, exactly, but not yeah. even a little bit sorry. Like that's brilliant. <laughs> but that's, I mean, maybe this is the last question I'll ask about the music, right? Cool. And actually, you bring up an important point that things like Twitter actually give you access to people that you'd never get access to <laughs> otherwise, and like that, you can have a. A to and fro albeit it's fleeting yeah. and maybe stays at the surface but it's a to and fro with somebody like the technology like where does that feature for you would you be more of a purist I, I know you've got a proper proper piano over there um, yeah nothing can replace uh, where that. does technology kind of come in for you is it, is it a good thing is it a bad thing uh, where do you stand if I didn't have music to uh, as like if I didn't need it as a platform to put out my music and communicate with other people I don't think I'd actually be on social media uh, I think it just stresses me out too much. How come? Um, I don't know what it is, but like, I hate getting notifications all the time and stuff. 
like I would be very selective about when I turn my wi-fi on like I know that sounds weird but like I can't leave that on all the time and I can't have my hotline blinging like all the time <laughs> you know I'll do it for an hour and then I'll put it back down yeah um or I'll like if I'm just being lazy or whatever it's fine I'm not like anti-phone but I just don't want to get too addicted to it because I already know that I am and so is everybody else hmm. um and I hate that I'll check my phone 10 times on a bus journey. Do you know what I mean? Those type of things. And is it that you feel like you're kind of um, at the mercy of it? Like I kind of mentioned that phrase earlier on that you want to take the power back? Yeah, exactly. Rage against the machine? Yeah. Uh, exactly. From the They're technology. great as well. I was obsessed with them for a while. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. To be honest. Exactly. I want to take the power back from my phone because... <laughs> My phone actually gives me a lot of anxiety. Like, yeah. but I, I like you've already people... landed in the place where like loads of people are really desperately struggling to get back. Like a previous guest on the podcast was Chris Flack, and his his company, his business is called Unplug. Cool. And he, he's so busy now because so many people are saying desperately, "Oh, please teach me the way." How? And the answer <laughs> is in your own hands. Like, just stop checking the yeah thing, you know i have this thing where i won't do anything after, i won't be at my phone or anything like that after six o'clock right. um because a lot of the time for me it's emails or i have to do um like a social media thing or mm. um and it's good for me to have that stuff there because it kind of is like a portfolio and you know if a booker needs to check me out then mm. they have somewhere they can find stuff which is great and obviously most important thing for me is being able to share my music with yeah. people yeah so for you it's a tool it's a tool rather than yeah. a kind of alternate reality where you want to spend all your time exactly kind of like but this it, is life here yeah oh big <laughs> time life is you know hanging out with your friends and going to the beach and like feeling the sand in between your toes and smelling the grass in the air you know that kind of stuff life is not my phone giving me a heart attack Mm. but it's very hard to separate those because it's such a part of your life and there are we can all agree that like there are times where let's say you look at your phone and you could see something anything and it will set off so many feelings and really put you in a bad mood but if you didn't see that if you didn't have a phone you wouldn't have had those those feelings mm. and i think you can think a lot clearer when you don't have your phone as well because i remember my phone broke for like 24 hours and it was like being on holiday I'd say it was like being on holiday and I was like oh my god no one's trying to contact me right now and even if they are it's like hmm, tough titties like you're not <laughs> gonna get through to me and like okay I know it's 21st century and that it does get annoying for people so it's not like you can just get away with whatever but like it just made me think a bit more about how much I don't need to like obsessively sort of and, and I know people need to get in, to in contact with each other and stuff and yeah you need a mm. phone that calls and texts mm. but it's like everyone really thinks they really need a smartphone now and it took me a re it took me a while to get on the smartphone buzz for two reasons I didn't want to have a phone that did that many things and I hated touchscreen. <laughs> okay. And you're more tactile. Like yeah, I like when the buttons jump. You're you know? probably more speedy as well. Yeah, I would have been real fast on yeah. the button phone. Uh, <laughs> and you could do it without looking. And you could do it without looking, exactly. <laughs> and also, I didn't feel like the Illuminati was in my phone. Because <laughs> it is, you know. <laughs> but you 
know what I mean? Like this thing has yeah. locations on it. Like you know. It's, oh yeah, there's probably twenty government officials oh, listening to us through your phone. Lights, lineup, like, yeah. and everything has access to my microphone and my camera. I'm like, yeah. what is that device sitting there? Just like, be careful where you leave it. Then. <laughs> okay, before we really go down the conspiracy theory route, then. Uh, so. Last, last couple of questions then, right? Okay. Um, so if, if, if I gave you three words to describe yourself, what three words would you choose? And you can either go with like a short three word sentence okay. or three separate like adjectives to describe who you are. Uh, okay. Honest. Uh, positive. And progressive. What strikes me about those three words is, uh, again, they're a choice. Like you spoke earlier about how you're choosing to be honest, and sometimes it's easier so to not easy. be. Sometimes it's very easy and default setting is to not be positive. Oh, Same for progressive. Like, do you do you feel like those things bring a bit of a pressure on you, or you just totally have that they're just your natural state? As I said earlier, the more you practice these things that are true to yourself, you have no idea how to be any other way when you keep doing it because it just feels wrong if you're not. So the more honest you are, the more, it's best policy, even though you think it might be easier not to be honest sometimes, actually it's much easier to just be honest because it like stops a lot of bad things from happening. It's a real reflection of yourself. Um, and that's always a better way to go because then you don't get misunderstood and you don't have to pick up pieces of anything that you did or mm. said that wasn't right. I saw it on a, on a kind of a little picture frame years ago saying it's easier just to tell the truth that way you never have to remember anything. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Oh my God, for real. Like, uh, Yeah, I can easily see how those three words make up who, who you are. Um, maybe if... Uh, I, I always like to ask the same last two questions, right? And okay. so the second last one is if you could get a message out to everyone in the world, what would it be? And I kind of feel like for you, you've put so much thought into the way you turn up in the world and how you view things and what you believe that actually almost the entire chat have been kind of there've been messages in there that we can all take something from but would you have a particular one like if I put you um, into a corner what would you send out into everybody's ears I would say that everybody can make a difference and everybody is way more similar than they realise like we really actually can very much understand one another and I can just tell you that because I have so many friends from groups that won't hang out with each other and they have no idea how similar they are on like a deep level when they all start talking about their problems or their feelings they're all the same <laughs> and that's lovely and not the same as in no one's um you know no one's different it's mm. more that that you are understood and that you are got and you can make a difference by embracing that and embracing your positive sort of differences and blah 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 blah, mm. blah you know what I mean like mm. and you are not the only person that feels the way that you feel totally mm. I think people know that I think people really know that yeah I don't know and actually I've often landed in that place as well and I think travel helps as well I've noticed myself when I've been to other countries yeah. and stuff uh, if you let yourself notice this I just remember having a real strong feeling and I was really lucky like I've done a lot of travel for work and, and, and I remember I was in Sweden in Malmo in Sweden and it's, it's nothing particular to Malmo it's just that's where I happened to be when I had this insight 
and I was walking out of the hotel now to get a bite to eat and I just I kind of just noticed that like everybody I looked at looked different dressed different and, and like I kind of thought I'll tell you what there's a tribe out there for everybody yeah. and if you're ever feeling like that you're all on your own come to this place I thought because Tell every direction me. I looked in there was different colours different shapes different levels of ability yeah. fellas with fellas girls with girls uh, you know, that's it wear what you people. wear do yeah. what you like I just kind of thought particularly in that moment in that place I thought do you know what if ever you felt like yeah. you were the only one who was thinking a certain way or mm-hmm. wanting a certain thing just look harder so true for real look harder there's, there's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. Others out there I thought there's every, you, that's exactly it there's mm. so much out there and I just think you have to be comfortable in your own skin. Mm. That's another thing. I think people really need to love, really need to love themselves so much. And it's not something you just wake up and be like, I love myself today now for the rest of my life. It's something you actually have to actively do. You know how you, when you say to someone, okay, you know how you know someone loves you because of their actions? Like, they can say they love you, but it wouldn't actually show un- un- unless they actually showed it through their actions. It goes the same if you're going to love yourself. Mm. So you got to actively do that. So, you know, if that means giving yourself a little, I don't know, a lovely hot shower and moisturizing and, like, An pampering yourself <laughs> and using the fancy soap. <laughs> or, like, if that means giving yourself a little cute coffee date where you don't meet up with anyone you just go and you do that for you or you know doing a bit of exercise because mm. it makes you feel good and you know those type of things that's probably actually my second most important message ever for everyone because you have to actively show yourself some love you know what I mean mm. <laughs> and yeah so you gotta do that daily and so the last question then uh, that's it big wide one but because it's called Humans of Dublin mm. podcast what's your take on what it actually means to be human I think what it is to be human is like a huge number of things but to just never stop learning and growing as well just like the flowers and just like how the seasons change um, we're always growing and learning Um think that's what that is if that makes yeah. any sense yeah 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 it does yeah <laughs> yeah and similar to what you were saying earlier I think if you decide and consciously try to learn and grow then that happens so much quicker and more easily do you know so yeah that when you seek it out yeah uh, yeah so uh, well look definitely everything you've said today will help people to accelerate their learning and their <laughs> if growth if it wasn't too much very <laughs> very wise words been brilliant talking to you tell me before I uh, press stop where do you want everybody to go and do you want us to do anything come to, to a tell show. us that we love you oh no come to a gig come to a show and we'll have the buzz and I'll sing my heart out to y'all <laughs> uh, I guess you can find that stuff on the uh, Illuminati webpage <laughs> You can find me at Illuminati.com. Forward slash. It's forward slash Illuminati. Want my mind, my soul, my body. (laughs) Yeah, I just call it Tupac. I don't even listen to Tupac. Anyway. (laughs) But the lyrics are in there. They were waiting to come out. So my name is Farah L. um, F-A-R-A-H-E-L-L-E. And the songs and the message is there. 
and just come to a gig. Nothing beats a live music experience. I love that that's where you went first. You didn't yeah, just give the Twitter handle. You didn't give the website. Gig. You were like, no, turn up and bloody see me so I can meet each other. Yeah, absolutely. I, it took me ages to twig that, you know, uh, when I came looking for you to be on the podcast and you were, I know you're on the Facebook page with Peter as well, that you were calling yourself Farrah L. And it took me ages then to, to realise that it was out of your, your name. Yeah, you know, yeah, my full name. El Nahum. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So do you want to know the funniest part? <laughs> yeah, give us that before we go. go on. So I originally, the name Farrah L came from, right, I was 17 and I had to join Facebook because my sister moved to Korea. I didn't have a smartphone. There was no other way to get in touch with her, right? right. Other than the internet. I was really reluctant about joining Facebook. So I was like, I'm not putting my real name on the internet. That's, you know, you know, as we said, like, Illuminati. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. for real. I just didn't want people to find me. I just thought it was... Yeah, you want it a was private risky. little corner for yourself. I thought it would be yeah. risky to put your real name on the sure. internet. So I made up Farah L as my name so that no one could find me. And the irony now <laughs> that that is how people have to find me. <laughs> Fast forward five years, but uh, that's delicious, isn't it? It's just hilarious. Your private alter ego from before is the one that you're pushing out there. That'll be on the album. That's how the stage name came around. Brilliant. Oh my god, Fire L. Thanks for being with us on podcast. You've been brilliant. No problems. Thanks for coming over. Well, I told you she was wise, didn't I? What a great chat that was. Thanks a million, Farah, for joining me on Hotcast. Well, seeing as I made quite a long intro to this episode, I'll keep the outro very short and sweet. Remember to find me and talk to me in all the usual places, facebook.com forward slash Hotcast or Hotcast.com for all the show notes and links. If you're on Twitter, I'm at Hod underscore cast. You can chat to me there. And one last reminder, check out gofundme.com forward slash Hotcast. And if you're a fan of the show, please do help us in any way you possibly can. Now, as promised, I'll play you out with a song from Farah called Silk. Until next time, bye for now and take care. Binti Shalabi Could be wrong with it It's nothing but sorry
Cause all that matters is my identity But what if I can't see? What if I find it hard to carry on being me? And what if this could be? The only gate that welcomes every single part of me. solution to removing the veil that's wearing me and all of a sudden I see that there's an ocean in the desert and it's waiting for me to breathe.